0: get Nice and really getting some good right hands in. Gillies is down
1: with Samstrom. Somebody better help Samstrom.
0: Everyone must be held accountable
1: for their actions. You cannot see your star carried out in a stretcher and do nothing about it. Oh, my. Did Mick plant one on C-cord. Wow. You can't put a bounty on a man's head. I just did. The spinning, spinning. Who's he going to go after? The, the puck drop, and the
0: This is Coliseum Chronicles, the Penalty Box, your source for Islanders Enforcer Talk. Welcome back to my returning listeners and welcome aboard to the new listeners. Welcome to episode 55, actual episode 72, uh, second uh, installment. Let's call it an installment. The second installment of Talking Isles Enforcers With, and today... Uh, as you will find out with these episodes of talking Isles Enforcers with, uh, these are a bunch of old friends. Uh, last week was Kevin Killer Kaminsky and today, uh, was the Nigerian nightmare, uh, Ruman and And, uh, I've known Rooms, uh, geez, a lot of these guys have been around 30 years and, uh, Rooms is one of those guys. Like I talk about with Dave Chazowski and I talk about with Darcy Harris, uh, just guys that always have a smile on their face and it's just infectious, you know, and this was even before uh, the way the world has turned now into such a negative place. Uh, uh, Those guys always, always, uh, you know, Brad may was, he's the same way. Uh, They always have smiles on their faces, no matter what. And, I, and you know what? They're human. I'm sure they have bad days just like everybody else, but uh they just they're always they're always smiling and just really, really good human beings, good people. And uh I was happy to uh, I don't want to say reconnected rooms because we we talk on and off uh text or message or whatever, but uh I was glad that I introduced this new uh facet of the show. So I get to uh chat it up with uh with some old friends and uh I hope you enjoy uh this episode today, uh like I said, with the Nigerian Nightmare Rumen and Door. I tried to find a um a clip of Rick Jenner screaming the Nigerian Nightmare uh for the intro, but uh but I couldn't find one. So uh I settled for the uh Avenge Sevenfold song. So uh it's a pretty good song there. Uh wake you up if you weren't prepared for that right in the beginning. But anyway As I normally do, I will ask you to please subscribe to this program, like, rate, and review the program. What that does is bring the show greater visibility. Uh, I'll show up more in searches uh, when people search for hockey or fighting or Islanders, whatever it is. uh, The more reviews I get, the more likes and the ratings, whatever. Um, I guess that helps. I've been told that. uh, I don't know. This is sort of out of my... uh, Out of my depth with this uh, techie stuff, which is funny because if you're listening to this and you do anything uh, at any level, you're probably like, it's not that difficult. But uh, my kids call me a boomer, and I guess there are times where I have boomer-like attitudes towards things. Um, If you are on social media, on Twitter at Joe underscore Luzito and at Kali Sinbin pod, Facebook, facebook facebook.com slash Coliseum Chronicles podcast. And on Instagram, Coliseum underscore Chronicles underscore podcast. So my personal Twitter, like I always say, nothing too heavy. Uh, nothing really, you get enough nonsense from all your other Twitter friends who became political experts over the last five years and medical experts over the last two years. So, uh, so I try to stay away from that stuff. Uh, really just a bunch of lighthearted nonsense. Uh, hopefully you get a laugh out of it and, uh, you know not, not, like i said nothing too heavy and for the uh accounts the twitter facebook and instagram accounts for the show uh that'll bring you all little islander enforcer tidbits whether it's uh the big club or uh the miners uh draft picks whatever uh for instance today is tuesday uh, June 29th, and earlier today I posted about uh, Joe Finley's birthday. He was a short-term Islander, but uh, didn't mind dropping the gloves. And today is Joe Finley's birthday, so uh, happy birthday, Big Joe! Ah, uh, let's see. If you are interested, it is sweltering here on Long Island today. We are in the 90s. We were in the 90s yesterday, and we're going to be in the 90s tomorrow. What I mean, you should really be out there with your Coliseum Chronicles tank top, whether you're a lady. Or a gentleman, you should be out there with it, you know, gun show in full force, no matter what gender you are. and uh, But if you don't want to expose the arms, we have t-shirts, whole bunch of different things in the merchandise store. So scroll down and you'll see two links in the episode description. One is for the classic Coliseum Chronicles, the penalty box logo. The other one is for the alternate logo. I don't know why I couldn't merge the two. It's two clicks. You'll see both of them. Now, as you know, every week I do a listener exclusive discount. The code for this week is Nightmare N I G H T M A R E, an homage to the Nigerian Nightmare Rumen and indoor. Uh, Not Nightmare Twenty. I only had a certain amount of characters, so it is just Nightmare, straight Nightmare. Plug that code in at checkout on either of the Coliseum Chronicles, the Penalty Box merchandise stores. You will get. off your entire order and the reason why I'm so excited about my merchandise why I go on and on about it is because of the logo the logo as you've heard me say millions of times was done by local Long Island artist Joe Marisic. you can get at Joe at Graphics Joker on Twitter at uh, no not at loudegg or via loudegg.com Uh, Joe is an amazing artist and a great guy. If you have any art projects you need done that you want done right, hit up Joe Marisic. A few other podcasts I would like to tell you about. One is my pal Darren, Fourth Line Voice Podcast, the OG of the Enforcer podcast genre. I just listened to his sunday shit show um as i've said in the past uh darren puts out two episodes a week proud member of the hockey podcast network uh same network that carries terry ryan's show uh darren does two episodes a week on wednesdays he brings you an interview on sundays he brings you let's call him his thoughts from the previous week and mostly it's uh it's about the world of hockey world of sports and social media and as much as i enjoy the interviews. I tell you, the Sunday shit show episodes really come at the right time because if I need a chuckle, I know on Sunday I'm going to get one because I love those episodes. He's not quite as old as I am. I think he's uh, mid-40s, but I can see him venturing down the path of cranky old man, fist shaking at the clouds. And I love it. And uh and I think part of the reason why I enjoy the episodes is because we're pretty much on the same page as far as everything. So uh so I enjoy it. Plus he follows well, not that he follows, but he's he goes down the rabbit hole into social media and uh argues with people and uh discusses stuff with people where I really I don't have the patience for it. So uh when he talks about this stuff on his Sunday episodes, it um it's stuff that's really new to me, a lot of it. So, uh, so I love it. And like I said, his interviews are second to none. And, um, you know, lately he's been doing, uh, he's been having his guests return. They've been doing top five toughest opponents. Uh, so he's done a few of those and, um, and they're always good. You know, they're not as long as, um, his episodes usually are, but they're, they're long enough. They're, they're concise. They're sort of like the cliff notes, uh, version in a way of the uh, larger interview that he's done with that guest. And the good thing is if you haven't heard the previous interview, the long form interview with that particular guest, that will sort of get you curious. And then you can listen to the top five toughest and then go back and listen to the full length interview. Um, The, I love Darren. He does a great job. I look forward to every episode he does. It's the first episode I listen to when the new ones come out. And uh, if you like this show, you'll definitely like Darren's show. And I imagine if you're listening to this, you probably already listened to a show, but uh, make sure you tell your friends. Uh, and if you are on YouTube, as I am on every day researching fights, Darren has a YouTube channel, the fourth line voice YouTube channel. I believe he's over 2,500 fights. I'm on there every day, and let's be honest, you know you are too. But if not, check out the 4th Line Voice YouTube channel. If you have ever watched a hockey fight on YouTube, chances are it's on the 4th Line Voice YouTube channel. Another podcast that I cannot believe I have not heard, ah, it's probably going on two weeks, the Bucket Drop podcast, Bobby Longrass, Montreal Canadiens fan, and real Montreal Canadiens fan. I know it seems like on social media, just like when the Islanders are on their playoff run. Um, seemed like there were a lot of New Islander fans. And uh, now with the Canadians in the finals. Final pet peeve of mine, it's the Stanley Cup final, finals or NBA. Uh it seems like there's a lot of Canadians fans coming out of the woodwork. And uh but not Bobby. Bobby is a lifelong Canadian fan. And the good part is him and I don't necessarily agree on the merits of the GM, but I think over the course of this season and with the success they're having, he's got to come around to my side uh, with, with Burge and uh, you know, the cyborg that he has become uh, definitely a personality that the game needs. And uh, so definitely check out the bucket drop podcast. Whenever he comes back, maybe, Maybe we'll be lucky. The Canadians will win the cup. I'm sure he'll resurface then, or maybe even after the finals, regardless of the outcome, he'll come on with a, a season-ending episode. But definitely check out the Bucket Drop podcast. Check out his back catalog while we're waiting for him to come out with a new episode. Finally, if you are on my Twitter, you have seen me post every day about a GoFundMe. My friend Steve is trying to bring back the Drop Your Gloves website. Not just the Drop Your Gloves website, a bigger, better, badder version of the website. And you may not know Steve like I do. Uh, He is the perfect guy for this project because he is as thorough as it gets. Um, He was given a cost, a price of about $10,000 to do the website right. As I said, Steve will do it right. He was given that price of $10,000. We're just halfway to the goal We're a little over 5,000. So um, today's interview is a perfect example. Uh, A lot of guessing games with uh, me and Rooms because uh, his fight card was not available on the Wayback Machine. So there's a few guys we talk about that didn't fight, you know, and it was kind of like, no, I never fought him. I never fought him. And him and I are trying to rack our brains. And I'm not telling you to donate money to this so it makes my life easier. If you're listening to this, chances are you have been to the old Drop Your Gloves website numerous times. It was one-stop shopping, at had fight cards, you had videos, you had uh, team recaps. I mean, it had everything. I will say that. Uh so you know you've been there and and you know maybe you guys don't frequent it as much as someone like myself or Darren does or or Steve but you know you've enjoyed it before and to donate a dollar or 5 dollars uh you know it shouldn't really hurt anybody I am very sympathetic to those who who are uh, going through financial crises right now as uh like I've said I've been furloughed for over 13 months so I can relate to anything so as I always say if you cannot donate Anything, I understand 100%. But if you can't donate, and I guess even if you can, please go to my Twitter feed and retweet the GoFundMe link. It can definitely help out because chances are we have a different set of followers. So you'd be helping out that way. So thank you very much. Well, the Islander season came to a close, which means that the uh, 2020-21 Islanders Bridgeport Sound Tigers Fight Report is now complete with two more entries on June 21st. Matt Martin battled Luke Shen. I believe that's a rematch from last year's playoffs. And Adam Pellick fought Yanni Gord. Uh, So what that makes it is uh, five playoff fights for the Islanders, which matches their regular season total. So the Islanders ended up with 10 fights total, which also matches the sound tigers total. So between the two clubs, you have 20 fights and um, Matt Martin had two regular season fights, led the team. And he had three playoff fights, which also led the team. Obviously it's simple math. If they had five and he had three, even I could figure that one out. So, um, so that is done. Um, yeah. Season didn't end like any of us wanted it to. Unless you're a Tampa fan or a Rangers fan. Um, but man, oh man, I, I you know, And it's been a few days. If I had recorded the day after, probably would have been uh, a little more in depth. Uh, I usually give myself 24 hours to be unhappy. And even at that point now, you know, I kind of look at it as relative to real life and it sucked. But I also, I enjoyed the ride, man. You know, I I really did. This team is, is so much fun. Um, the hate that they were getting on social media for the last couple of rounds was amazing. And, um, and I loved it, you know, like, um, I think we were talking about, I was talking about this years ago with Jared Burnett. We're talking about how he gets booed in every arena. And he just said, he goes, if they're booing me, I'm doing something right. And it's so true. The hate the Islanders were getting on social media was phenomenal. I loved it. There is so much hate. So that means they're doing something right. If you're loved, by your public and hated by everyone else. Just keep it going. Just keep it going. And, um, you know, this is not the show. If you want to know about, uh, contracts and salary cap hits and things like that. Cause honestly, I don't know. Uh, what I do know is there, there will be some changes next year. And, um, I am mildly concerned about the expansion draft. And, and why am I mildly concerned? Because, in many people in the in the predictions, uh, I've seen Jordan Eberly go. I've seen Nick Letty go. Uh, I've seen Kiefer Bellows go, and there was someone else I can't remember. Those were the four names that come up a lot. But here's my concern: um, if if it isn't obvious the way the playoffs have gone the last few years, you need players like Matt Martin to be successful in the playoffs. Uh, Tampa has Maroon. um, Montreal has Anderson. You need a guy like Matt Martin. And I know that everyone is talking about the, the players that I mentioned, but there aren't that many Matt Martins in the league. And, you know, I'm not saying whether Matt Martin is more valuable than Jordan Eberle or Nick Letty or Kiefer Bellows, but you have to look at it big picture. Uh Ron Francis is gonna build his team. He's going to build his team and he's going to pick guys from different teams. So he may have defensemen that he covets more than Nick Letty or forwards that he covets more than Jordan Everly. But there may not be grinders, a lot of grinders like Matt Martin out there. So uh I am concerned that he will be left un- he will be left unprotected and that he might get claimed. I I'm slightly less concerned about Ross Johnston because, uh, Seattle, I think is going to be in the same division with Vegas. I think I'm not sure. And Vegas has Reeves and you don't, you know, Reeves is going to run around like a monster out there as he should against a team like Seattle, if they don't have any protection. So do I think they're going to pick Ross Johnston? No, because I think if they really, really wanted him, they could probably work out a trade. Um, but I am concerned that Matt Martin may go. So I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm worrying about nothing. Um, but I had to get it out there that I am uh, I am a little concerned. Um, as far as the Coliseum, uh, you know, that place, I, I tell people I grew up at that place. Uh, I'd been going there for over 30 years. And um, I've made many friends there, you know, players and team staff and other fans and the security guards uh, just employees, everyone that, that, you know, probably in the hundreds, you know, if you think about all the years I've been going there, you know, it's a special place to me. And of course, as I've said a million times, that's where I met my bride and, um, you know, it's a place that's always going to hold, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna hold a special place in my heart. No question about that. And I'm sorry to see it go. And, uh, I am excited for UBS. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's bittersweet. It's it's definitely bittersweet. It would have been nice to close out the old barn with a Stanley Cup win, but um, it wasn't in the cards. So uh, the good thing is if you're an Islanders fan and you're listening to this, you have your own memories that you made, whether it's with your friends, your family, whatever, and you can always, always look back on that and, uh, and enjoy the time there as I do. Um, so it's, uh, you know, just something to look back on. I don't have any, any cool thing to say other than, uh, enjoy the memories. I, I know I'm going to enjoy the memories and, you know, uh, you know, with, with really without the Coliseum, without the Islanders, I'm, I'm not married to Andrea. I don't have my two kids. I mean, if you really want to put it simply, so, um, you know, obviously it it means the world to me and, and I'm so appreciative that, uh, the way my life, the pattern my life took, I became an Islanders fan and I went to, uh, to the Coliseum to see games. So it's a special place for me. And I know if you're an Islanders fan, it's a special place to you. Finally, before I get to the, to the interview with, uh, rooms, I just want to make something very clear. And, uh, and it's funny because I, I see this being posted on social media by adults and it, and it's crazy. Um, the referees, are not rooting against your team. I know that the officiating has been shitty. It's been shitty for every team. And, you know, maybe one team has gotten one extra break here or there, but the refs are not rooting against your team. It, it They just aren't. If they're shitty, they're shitty. It, it's just, you know, they're not. And the other thing is, If you're on social media, it's pretty funny. You know, they always have the hashtag for the game, like NYI versus TB, let's say. And if you click on that hashtag, the the most amusing part is seeing Islander fans complain about the national broadcasters being against their team. And then you see the Tampa fans complaining about the national broadcasters being against their team. So I think this is sort of an epidemic where every fan thinks the national announcers are against their team. And they're not. Now, when, um, oh, was it uh, Mayfield, when he crushed Stamkos into the boards, uh, Ryan Callahan, who I liked as a player, by the way. I really liked Ryan Callahan. But he's a former Ranger and a former Lightning. And uh, he I think he went a little overboard in his assessment of the hit. Um, you know, I think it, he viewed it as a capital crime almost. And it's it's funny, coming from a guy like Callahan who didn't mind playing a gritty game, um, and even then, you know, look, was he against the Islanders? Uh, listen, he's a Ranger and he was at lightning. So yeah, he's rooting for Tampa. Let's be honest. Um, but the announcers, I, I really don't think they have skin in the game. You know, even, uh, when, um, Brendan Burke was doing the games, I really didn't detect any bias for the Islanders. So, you know, just think about that. You're complaining that the national announcers are against your team. And the team they're playing, their fans are complaining that the national announcers are against their team. So chances are um, they're calling it down the middle and you're just used to your announcers. Listen, Butch Goring is great for Islander fans because he's a homer. It's just like Phil Rizzuto used to be for the Yankees. If you were a Yankee fan watching Yankee games in the 70s and 80s when Phil Rizzuto was one of the color commentators, he was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. And I think every year Butch becomes more and more of a homer. So you enjoy that as an Islander fan. And when the other, when the national announcers aren't, then you're like, oh my God, like, I don't know, people can't adjust, but that is my, uh, my PSA for this episode. The officials are not against your team. The, uh, national broadcasters are not against your team. So that brings us to the interview. Uh, once again, like I said earlier, it was great, great, great chatting with uh rumen and Dor. what a great guy and um you know he gives his views on some of the guys that he played with some of the guys that he fought everybody that has some connection to the islanders he had some really good stories i enjoyed it and i i hope you people will enjoy it too so uh let's go here's my chat with the nigerian nightmare rumen Endor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Coliseum Chronicles, The Penalty Box. This is my uh, second installment of Talking Isles Enforcers With, where I bring on someone who's never played for the Islanders, but we're going to talk about some teammates, some coaches, and guys that uh, this gentleman may have fought that have ties to the Islanders. So this is a a guy, one of my favorite people, because uh, honestly – I've never seen this guy. Well, I've seen a man on the ice, but off the ice, I've never seen him without a smile on his face. And that brings a smile to my face. One of the most positive guys I've ever met. Ladies and gentlemen, my old pal, Rooming Endor Rooms. How's it going?
1: Uh, not too bad. Uh, thanks for the uh, great welcome there, my man. Uh, I know I haven't seen you in a while, but, uh, you know, I hope everything's good down there. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on.
0: Oh man, it's it's a pleasure. It's always great to to chat with you. And hopefully, when uh, all the borders open up, you know, I was telling Andrea the other day how I miss going to Buffalo. And every time we go to Buffalo, yeah. we kind of creep our way into Ontario, and maybe we'll uh, we'll end up hooking <laughs> up soon.
1: Yeah, for sure, that'd be great. So
0: uh, I I briefed you on on the uh, rundown how we're gonna do things here. So I like to do things yep. chronological. So. Uh, if we're gonna start with your time in Guelph, I got two teammates yep. I want to ask you about first, yep. and basically just your recollections of them. It's sort of like name association. Uh, first guy I want to ask you about is Todd Bertuzzi.
1: Yeah, Big Birdie. He was he um, was something else. You know, it was um, it was a pleasure to play with him. He uh, he took the league. He took the whole you know OHL kind of like by storm there his second year to, uh, excuse the pun, but, um, (laughs) he, um, he just came in there and, 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 and he was a man amongst boys, you know, there's guys, there's huge guys. There's always big guys, especially back then in that era, you know, guys that were six foot two were getting drafted no matter what, or they were making OHL teams and CHL teams and, but Burke had, had it all, you know, he had skill, he had size, he could skate. uh, You know, he could shoot the puck. It was just uh, was just an amazing, uh, you know, talent package that he had. And, uh, you know, when he got going, when he got chugging, when he got angry, it was it was a sight to see, man. It was amazing.
0: Now, one of the things that when when the Islanders drafted him, and it was, I think it's sort of an unfair comparison, and I think the media does this, and I don't think they mean anything by it, but Todd Bertuzzi mm-hmm. was supposed to be the next Clark Gillies, so it's kind of yeah. like those are unrealistic expectations. Um, and when he mm-hmm. when he played in the NHL, he didn't fight that much. Did he nope. fight a lot down in uh, in Guelph?
1: I honestly, he didn't fight because he was just so big. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just and. I think his last year, our last year in Guelph, he scored 55 goals. Wow. Um, you know, he just, he, like I said, he he dominated the OHL. And he just did things that, you know, you'd never see. He, he'd score goals with three or four guys draped all over him, hanging on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. So he just did things that were just out of this world. And fighting wasn't, you know, it, I think he had, I would say he had four fights that year. You know, so... You know, I was around, I I, I was there to protect him, uh, we had other guys, and he didn't need it, you know, honestly, he didn't need kind of protecting, if he wanted to, like I said, if he got mad, if he got mad enough, then the gloves were coming off, and, uh, and he would show you, you know, he would he'd, he'd take care of what he had to take care of in that instance, but he just, yeah, he didn't, um, that wasn't really his game, to be honest.
0: Well, the next guy is someone you definitely do want to make mad. And uh, he's uh, a recent guest on the show. And I reached out to you uh, yeah. when I had him on. And that's Kenny Belanger. So uh, sure. tell me about playing with Kenny Belanger. And then uh, <laughs> the question I have also is, were you with the team when uh, Belanger and Bertuzzi dropped the gloves in practice?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was great. You know, we had, um, we had a bunch of guys come through Guelph there. And this was my first year, so Kenny had come in for – for Freddie Oduya, I don't know if you remember that. Name. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he's passed now. Yes, but, um, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, that is unfortunate. But uh, yeah, he was traded straight up for Freddie Oduya, and then, and you know, so we were we knew what we were getting in uh, in Kenny Belanger, but but Freddie Oduya goes the other way and just becomes this animal in Ottawa and then in, in pro hockey in the American League and whatnot. But yeah, we knew what we were getting in Kenny and. And, uh, he, we had just, I think we had just traded Alex Stoyanov. Okay. So he, he was, he went out the door. We brought in Kenny and we brought in, um, um, Bushy. Okay. Um, yeah. That's
0: Gary uh, Bush.
1: So we had all these guys just skating around and, and, you know, it was, it was, a it was a crazy atmosphere when you're that age, that was the first time where I, I kind of actually saw like guys Get intense. we were fighting for our spots we had i remember that year we had like nine or ten defensemen mm-hmm. you know so all of us were we'd go to practice and we'd do whatever we could to get in the game get in the lineup so it was it was mm-hmm. go time those were our games we we're cross-checking guys and just playing it like it's a game mm-hmm. so yeah that was the first time when i remember it was like you gotta you gotta go you get you, you can't even you can't even take a practice off if you want to play you know and uh you know so one thing led to another and then this happens and then we just skated out there one day and there there they are the two mm-hmm. big boys kenny and uh Bertie, just center ice buckets off mm-hmm. squaring up i have no idea what it was about i don't know uh i haven't i can't even remember the backstory but mm-hmm. just bombs flying and uh yeah kenny got the better of that one
0: well, for those of you who want to know what it was about, go back and listen to the Belanger episode because he does talk about that. So yeah. uh, I'm not even going to tell you rooms. You're going to have to go back and listen. Too. <laughs> gonna have to
1: go back You're going
0: to have to go back and listen. So, um, so as I said to you before we started recording, unfortunately your uh, fight card is not available uh, online. So I'm going to throw out yeah. some names at you. Uh, that you, I'm 99.9% positive you played against. So yep. uh, if you fought them, you could say so. If you didn't, if you have any memories of playing against them, uh, that would be great. And uh, so the first one I'm going to throw out is the big boy, Eric Cairns. Uh, did you ever fight Cairns? Uh, did uh, What was it like playing against him at that, uh, <laughs> that time?
1: Yeah, so it, he would have been there um, my first year. My first year in the O, he was in Detroit, I remember. Mm-hmm. And... Um, just I just didn't play much, you know i just um i remember playing them, I remember him being there i i, I never fought him mm-hmm. uh, i I don't remember ever fighting him, but you know i c- i knew what he could do uh he's a defenseman it was always hard, yeah, back in the day for d on d s to 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 get tangled up. you'd have to go really out of your way and i i i would you know it mm-hmm. would happen there's no doubt about it, but it just it didn't happen as as often i don't think as uh as a, obviously a forward in the D, but yeah, he was a D man. He was a you know big man. Uh, I know he was with the uh, who's he with? Was he, yeah, he was with the Islanders. Of course, he was. So yep. mm-hmm. uh, I remember when I was in New York, he was there with the uh, in with in the island. Mm-hmm. So I always knew what he could do, and I, I was always ready, you know, if if it came to be. But yeah, never uh, never did drop the mitts with him.
0: Here's someone who I don't know if you fought, but you probably wanted to kill him because uh,
1: everyone did at one point or another, Steve Webb. <laughs> Webby. <laughs> well, the it's a funny story with Webby is that we're pretty good buddies. So yeah. we, um, our goalie, my goalie in Guelph, everything always starts in junior, you know. It, yep. it just goes back to junior. But our goalie in Guelph, Sparky MacArthur, he, mm-hmm. uh, he was from Peterborough. Okay. And he grew up with Webby, you okay. know. So we used to go in the summer after our season, we'd go to Peterborough and we'd spend two weeks there and Webby was always right in there. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, I remember when, uh, MacArthur got uh, married, we had a great time at his wedding. So we were always kind of, we were always kind of around each other when we were younger at, you know, in the summers and, and, and that like, cause I know I, you know, you're buddies with guys like, like even, the uh, Bushy, like mm-hmm. Ryan we, I played with him in junior, but then there's time, you know, we ended up, like, I was in Atlanta. He, I think he was in Chicago. I was like, hey, man, I need a fight, man. Like, let's mm-hmm. just, can you give me a fight here? Like, so those things happen. But me and Webby just, I think he, he had a, he had, I mean, much more of a NHL career than I did. Mm-hmm. So I was in the minors more so. So, yeah, we never kind of crossed over and, and played against each other a significant amount of time because I know – I know what you're talking about. I, there's for sure there was going to be an incident where we would have dropped the Mets, but no, it never happened. He
0: uh, he always liked to make his presence known. So uh, someone yeah. was coming after him on every ship. Oh, it yeah. seemed like. Oh, so.
1: yeah. You know, he craved a good career out of doing that. You know, he just had a, he had a knack for getting involved. And that's, you know, you like those guys on your team.
0: Uh, I say it all the time for, you know, down here on the island, you know, there are certain islander players who are absolutely revered and, and it all yep. starts with those dynasty teams but yeah, right. once you get past those di- look at me my voice is cracking once you get past <laughs> these dynasty teams yeah, yeah. Steve Webb is a guy who probably never has to pay for a meal never has to pay for a beer on Long Island he is yep. absolutely beloved down here
1: And isn't that incredible you know yeah. like what I don't know what like where was he drafted I I'm not sure how high but just the guy that just came showed up to work every day Got his nose dirty, was just mucking around out there, dropping the mitts. You know those mm-hmm. guys. You, are just so valuable. You know, you know, you never, you know, people don't respect those guys as much as they as they should. You know, it's amazing. Uh, a,
0: a guy similar to Todd Bertuzzi, although he didn't have the length of uh, NHL career as Bert did. But again, I think un- unrealistic expectations placed on him after he's drafted by the Islanders, and that's Brett Lindros.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Brett Landross was um a guy everybody had heard of, obviously the na- the last name. And uh I don't I don't ever remember playing against him. So I don't okay. remember him in junior. I don't remember because I think he would have went right right to the show. Was he did he was he early in the NHL, like yeah, nineteen he, maybe?
0: Yeah, he, he didn't uh he actually I always say I think if he would have played Another year junior and maybe a year in the minors, he probably would have had a long career, but they rushed him because of his name and Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then he's a target up
1: here. So for sure he would have been, yeah. You know. And he played more of a physical game than I mean, his brother, like I talk about Eric like I've never seen a guy that big skate that fat like he it was scary. Like it was absolutely it's yeah i used to watch him more because i didn't play against him much mm-hmm. when he was out there flying around in philly and i was in new york that year mm-hmm. and just to just to see a guy that big skate around mm-hmm. and it was crazy to think that you know he had concussion problems it just i couldn't believe it you know it was so big it, but you know when guys like scotty stevens are catching you coming across the middle that's you know those are lights out hits but yeah it was um it was one of those things where you know uh brett didn't kind of didn't have the same style obviously as eric right so he had to come in and you know do do different things to establish his uh his presence in the league and uh yeah with those concussion problems you know you, you just don't last long
0: i think he was cursed right from draft day when uh Don Maloney right on the ESPN and TSN said, mm. I think we have the better Lindros. And I just cringed. <laughs> I was like, oh,
1: man. Oh, man. No way. How do you
0: do that? Oh,
1: wow. He yeah. said that. Hey, yeah. I don't recall that. Yeah, and I,
0: obviously. <laughs> You know, if you're if you're realistic, you know it's just the GM yeah. pumping up his yeah. player,
1: but get get the fans going or whatever.
0: But yeah, yeah, but but that's... you know people are gonna run with that, and I'm just like, oh god, I feel bad for this kid. So oh, man,
1: I don't remember that. That yeah. is, yeah, that's that's crazy.
0: Um, next guy I want to ask you about and And I always have fun with him because he's basically Mr. St. Louis. Now he's, he's Mr. Personality. He's on the S P mm-hmm. radio there. He's, he's mm-hmm. got his own podcast. And I think when you might've played against him, in the OHL, he was a uh, sort of a flashy kind of guy with the, he had the mullet going and everything yeah. for Sudbury. And that would be Jamie rivers.
1: Oh, Rez. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. ah, uh, yeah. But I, he had, uh, he had some protection there. And, uh, in Sudbury back in the day, back in the O, but no, I, he, he was scoring, he was scoring 70, 80, 90 points as a defenseman back in the day. So he wasn't, I know he was gritty and I know, you know, like it's funny how, I mean, I, I I could relate it to myself. I scored, I think I had 50 points or 40 something points the one year in the OHL, Mm -hmm. you know, I never sniffed that in pro hockey. but you know, it's just, it's funny how it translates to, you know, like uh, a 70-point a defenseman in the O is a is a 20-point, 30-point guy in the NHL or in pro. So it just, you know, you, you, get, you get put in your role, and if you don't make that jump, if you don't step it up when you get to pro, then you kind of get put in, you get labeled and, uh, you know, you get put into a role and, hey, guys carve out 12-year, 13-year careers out of it, making great cash, so... You know, you do whatever you can do, but yeah, Riz was uh, Riz was a bit more offensive. I don't think like, he was he would he would have been dirty, but he had um who was the guy in Sudbury that I I fought? Gary Coupel? yeah, scary Gary Gary, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he had Copel there and uh there was other guys that Riz wasn't Riz wasn't getting his hands too too dirty <laughs> with uh with the big boys and the uh yeah.
0: Now, I don't know how far you are in Ontario from Ottawa, but here's a guy that I know you played against in the minors too, uh, DJ Smith, who's now uh, Ottawa's head coach. Yeah. Now, again, it's yeah. a defenseman, no, defenseman
1: I... thing, right? But. Yep, yeah. yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. No, I definitely remember DJ, and uh, mm. he was in uh, – did you say it was – was he? Did he play in Windsor in the OHL? I can't remember. Yes, where he played, he played, in, the played in Windsor,
0: and then he played in St. John's in the American League.
1: Okay, yeah, mm. and that's where I think I remember him. I remember yeah. him more so, more so in pro hockey for some yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, it was another. And and listen, back then, DJ wouldn't have been the only guy. Mm. So it would have been, you know, there's 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 one guy on the team nowadays, but back yeah. then, and you know this very well, you know, yeah. there was there was four guys on mm-hmm. every team. So there was guys. It was spread around, and uh, D on D was kind of hard to to get at.
0: Uh, here's someone that you definitely remember. So uh, I know you played against him in the OHL, and he followed you in Rochester. You were gone already. Uh, you de- I don't think you crossed paths, but mm-hmm. uh, Eric Bolton.
1: Oh yeah, Bolton. Um, we were just. It was funny. Who I, I think I I think I did a podcast. A couple weeks ago, and uh, and uh, he had mentioned that he would spoke to Bolton. They, I, uh, anyway, there was a yeah. long story where he was saying, "Oh yeah, I remember that guy we used to." So we used to have battles in the OHL, mm-hmm. man, and yeah. it was great. I've never he we were we were going the one the one game, and I'm get I'm i have got him good, you know. I kind of got the upper hand on him, mm-hmm. and he starts howling like, <laughs> like ow. <laughs> Right in the middle of the fight, I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like I'm looking around, I actually looked around. and He started howling, so I, you know the refs got in there. Everybody's laughing, and he was just like, "Yeah, let's go, let's go again, let's do it again. All right, let's <laughs> let's run it, let's run it back again." So, but it was I, I'll never forget the guy howling in the middle of the fight.
0: Oh. That is tremendous. That warrants yeah. a text once we stop. Once we stop recording, I'm gonna have to ask yeah. him if you
1: yeah. remember that. Yeah, ask me if you remember that because I'll never forget it. A uh, couple of
0: guys I want to ask you about in Rochester. One guy was a veteran at the time, uh, and maybe he helped you on defense, and he was an Islander after the fact, and that's Doug Huda.
1: Oh yeah, Dougie Huda. Um, I I got great great memories of Dougie. Um, just I remember I remember watching him play. You know, when I was. Uh, when I was, you know, when I knew I kind of hockey was going to be my thing, you know, like when I was 15, 14, 15, and I, re- I just started watching hockey like as much as I could. And I remember Dougie Huda for some reason. I remember him. I always remembered him. And then he was in the Buffalo organization, I think the year before or the year I got drafted. So by the time I made it to rochester a couple years later he was still there but he was on the tail end Mm -hmm. and um so my first year pro in rochester he got sent down to us at christmas and uh he was the catalyst for us going you know all the way we ended up we ended up winning the calder cup and he was my defense partner for half a year and uh you know just one of the greatest teammates i've ever played with i think i've said this on on a number of occasions he just the the amount of uh, knowledge he gave to me personally but you, you know just to everybody in the dressing room he calmed us down you know he yelled at us when it was appropriate i i, I think everyone just thinks it's it's uh you know everybody's just so nice out there and it's, it's just it's just you know everybody gets a pat on the butt every 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 time no matter what it's not like that you know it's yeah. it's it's a it's a job and it's and it's tough you know, you're playing, especially, my, you know, my rookie year coming into Raj, 80 games, 80 game schedule, yeah. driving the bus all over, all over America and up into Eastern Canada. So it's crazy. It was just, you know, it was just, he really calmed us down. He, he settled me down a lot, you know, showed, showed me the ropes mm-hmm. and um, I, uh, I owe him a lot for that.
0: I don't think this guy was down in Rochester too long, but uh do you remember playing with Scott Pearson?
1: Uh no, yeah. He was um he was gone. I think mm-hmm. he was there. He got sent down on a on a two week conditioning stint or okay. something like that. Okay. So he was there. I remember we, we were teammates for about two weeks the one year. Okay. And uh and then that was it. But yeah, you know, just guys that are gritty and mm-hmm. And, and work hard, and like I said, those were guys, those those guys were everywhere in, in every lineup yeah. back then. So mm-hmm. it was it was always good, I know for me, you know, it was always good having some extra support, you know. Like when I, when I was 20 years old my first year there, it was, there's a target on you, yeah. and I'm ready for the challenge, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm stepping up to the plate no matter what. Mm-hmm. But it's always a little better when you got, you know, Serge Roberts, <laughs> you got Danny Frawley who could chuck him real yeah. good. You know, I had Scotty Metcalf there, uh, Dean Melanson. So we had some guys. It was perfect. Yeah.
0: You kind of – I always talk to Terry Ryan about – when he was with Fredericton, he kind of was like the the bridge. Where one year he had guys like Jerry Fleming and Brad Brown yeah. and Dion Darling, yeah. and then the next yeah. year he has like all the new blood, like Asham and Gordy Dwyer and Darcy Harris, and right. like the guys you named. Like you go from Frawley and Metcalf, right. Scott Nickel right. probably there too. Yeah, Scotty um,
1: Nickel was there. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and was. then
0: you. You go in, and then you, next thing you know, you're with uh, Pete Vandermeer and
1: Greg Walters, and, and yeah, you yeah, know, Wally, so John Luke Grandpierre. Yep, mm-hmm. he was there my last year. Like it was so. You're right. It just kind of, and if you play long enough, you play with all kinds. You know, mm-hmm. you know. I I was drafted by Buffalo, so in the summers I would live with Rob Ray. I would, we had the same agent, so I lived with Rob Ray, and I got to sh- he got to. Sh- teach me things you know like he taught me so much Mm -hmm. just being around him and uh you know just living that lifestyle in the (laughs) summer it was crazy excellent
0: so uh i do know four guys that you fought with uh rochester i don't necessarily know how it went Yeah. Uh, first guy is uh we talk about how difficult it is for d-men to fight d-men but i got dean
1: chanouth from uh, providence oh yeah yeah you know what that was um (sighs) I don't know why I remember this so much. Maybe it's because of who he was, mm-hmm. but I had just come back from an uh, injury. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I hadn't played in like six weeks or something like that. And I just remember, I don't think they had anyone else. I just yeah. don't remember them. Maybe they, they were suspended or hurt. It was one of the few times I actually played in, was it Providence? He was in I Providence, was, yep. <laughs> Yeah, like it was one of the few times I actually played in Providence for some reason. I think I was always hurt or something. But anyway, we went in there. It was one of those games where the crowd was just going nuts right from the start. Mm-hmm. Just every like every hit was like the crowd was yelling, and you're just right into it. So I just remember after a whistle, I just skated to the blue line. He, the, the puck was, you know, our goalie froze the puck, and I cross-checked the guy a couple times, and I could hear him beacon at the blue at the blue line so i just skated right back (laughs) skated right up to the blue line and then we dropped the that's a good tilt Mm -hmm. you know it ended up going like center ice it ended up going like one of those all over the ice ones where you you start you start at the blue line you you end up going to like all the way to the other uh face off circle and then back to the red line and then the rest are like all right you guys done (laughs) yeah you give the guy a tap and then you're like all right let's go five minutes you need the break so yeah it was a good one
0: Uh, Upstate New York, uh, you know, for people of a certain age, those games, there were always such a strong concentration of teams in the upstate New York region. And you spent some time in Rochester, uh, develop a rivalry rivalry with all those teams. Uh, One of the teams, Syracuse, they had a player named Dave Roche. Uh, You remember fighting Dave Roche?
1: I don't. Dave Roche. I I remember Dave Roche, like uh, he played for the – was it the Islander Roche? Yep, he um, played for Pittsburgh. He, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think I because like, we're pretty good buddies. Like yeah. he was from Peterborough as yep. well, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's how I. Uh, but maybe I did like like I said, I yeah. didn't I didn't care when we were on the yeah. ice. It didn't didn't really matter to me. But the guy in Syracuse was Johnny Baduke. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. we had wars. We we had a line brawl. We started a line brawl shooting pucks at him in warm up, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, it was like, yeah, first shift, first shift, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So we get to the game and he goes after, he doesn't, like I said, I, you know, like I set it up like me and you, let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's do our, let's do our thing. Yeah. And he went after somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, a, a tougher guy. I, I think it was, um, what was his name? um, A uh, big, big left winger. Um, Oh my God. Oh, just I'm wait blanking. till we hang
0: up. You'll remember once we hang yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly what will happen. Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, yeah, Western League guy Brandon. Uh, I can't. Remember. Anyway, so he went after him. So I said, okay, you know, yeah. you're playing that game. I went after some other guy that you know wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't really a heavy. So then that started. He came out of the Pele box. It, <laughs> it was <laughs> crazy. think I think he got like a 20 game suspension or you know- something like that.
0: You know what's cool about that? I don't know if yeah. uh, you played there afterwards, but you know they retired his number up there?
1: Yeah. yeah. No, they retired it like I was still there. We oh, were okay. still playing. It was crazy. Like, oh, wow. I, look, I respect the guy. Yeah. Like, he, he showed up. He did mm-hmm. a tough job. It is a tough job. Yeah. Let's be perfectly honest. Oh, so, yeah. uh, I respect the guy a ton, but to see his number go up in the rafters, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't. Like, is it still up there? Like,
0: I think it's permanent. 40, well, it Syracuse... 14? You, listen, if you go down the list of Syracuse guys that they've had that have been tough players, yeah. I mean, he yeah, really yeah, was, yeah. He was just the beginning. I mean, he started it, and then yeah, yeah. Uh, that was it. Yeah. So they appreciate those guys up there. So I think it's great.
1: So oh, that's crazy. Yeah, no, that is good. That's amazing.
0: Uh, another guy you fought when he was with Hershey, uh, Jason Simon.
1: Jason Simon. You remember him? Jason Simon. I remember Chris. Um, I don't remember Jason Simon. That's okay. God, the, so so this is this is funny because like, I you know if I see it then obviously I fought him. But right, the guy I remember the most in in Hershey was um they had Crow there the one year. Phil Crow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Phil Crow and uh, Clay Claxton. Is it Claxton Norris or Clayton Norris? Oh, Clayton
0: Norris. Chuck
1: yeah mm-hmm. what's his name well his name it's called called Chuck, Chuck Norris. Norris. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so yeah so I remember we used to go into Hershey it would be our third game in three nights and it was a three o'clock afternoon game or something mm-hmm. like that so it was just like and you know you're in for a battle you're dead tired you're you know you played Friday in Albany and then you know Saturday and Worcester or something like that mm-hmm. and and then you go into Hershey, and it's like, oh, my God, here we go. You know, <laughs> like, it's not, there's no day off here. Mm-hmm. So, But I remember Norris. I remember Crow, But I don't remember Jason. That's weird.
0: If you go on his hockey DB, he's played in every league. He played in, you know, he, no, it's it's actually yeah. really cool to go down and look. He's, you yeah. know, um, played in every league. Uh, played yeah. on a lot of teams you know he he would play for two or three teams a season it it actually yeah. was it's actually pretty cool to look at like if you have a map and you put a push pin push, everywhere yeah, he played yeah. like where it's, he was all over the and, place and yeah. it, and the cool thing is like if you look at his journey where you know he started in the colonial league and things like that right. and he actually right. got to play some games up here so i don't think he so was he actually Versi played in
1: well. the nhl eh
0: yeah he played four games for the islanders and one game for phoenix wow so okay. yeah um one other guy that I know you definitely fought and you may have played against him in uh Britain too. Uh and I know a lot of guys who fight him aren't big fans of his. I don't know how you feel and that's Barry Nightcar. <laughs>
1: uh yeah, it, I actually didn't um it was he he had gone to England a little little earlier but I yeah. just I just remember there was a, yeah, there was a fight. I don't know. I can't even, it was, it had to have been the American League.
0: Cincinnati but, he was with when you fought. Yeah,
1: okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, it was not the NHL. Right. Did he play in the show?
0: Yeah, he played. Yeah, uh, he he was in training man. camp with the Islanders, which is why I bring him up. And he played oh, okay. in the IHL for them. But he did play, um, played for the Ducks. And he may have gotten, he, he played for the Ducks. He got in yeah. a few games with Hartford, I believe, and a few games with Calgary.
1: Yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, so I just remember because cause when I went to England, when I eventually got over to England, he was just leaving. Oh, okay. he had just retired. Okay, but he like everybody was like, "Nikar, man, like, Are you, is this the next Nikar?" Like, he's <laughs> there. He's like revered over there. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. they they love him. Mm-hmm. Every every, I think he played Nottingham. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so everyone loves him there. And then everybody else hates him. Every other (laughs) town hates him. Exactly. like like that's the kind of rep that he's got over there. Even. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, All right. So now I'm going to throw out some names. I don't know if you fought him, uh, but I'm sure you played against him. Uh, Hmm. First guy's a former guest of the show. uh, Dave Chazowski, who you might have played against when he was with Adirondack. (sighs)
1: <sighs>
0: now now keep Chizzer,
1: he was more yeah. he wasn't really uh was he like a bit i thought he was more of a goal scorer well kinda.
0: he was a guy where everywhere but here with the islanders he was more like a power forward where he put yeah up, yeah power he'd forward, put up yeah. 50 60 points or whatever but he would yeah, also yeah. put up like 250 minutes okay so, yeah.
1: yeah and there was a ton of ton of those guys back in the day yeah, you're right mm-hmm, um yeah. Chizer, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I know. I I, I remember him. Mm-hmm. I can remember him vividly. I uh, don't think I fought him. I think like, and that, just to be perfectly honest with you, like when I was in the NHL, mm-hmm. I think I played seventy games, sixty nine mm-hmm. games, and I probably had, I I want to say twenty fights, mm-hmm. twenty five. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a bunch of them were against Christoph Oliwa, Yeah, so oh, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It was like so you, you guys pound around a
1: lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that's why these are guys that you may have run into in uh, in yeah, Rochester. Yeah. So, for example, like we just talked about the upstate New York games. Yeah. I yeah. know for sure whether you fought him or not, you battled this guy a ton, and that's Danny LaCroix with Binghamton.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, we fought, that's for sure, because mm-hmm. I remember that. He was, in, um, he was in PEI. It was my first year. It was actually our first road trip. It was uh, – our rink was getting rebuilt. They were doing the uh, – I don't know if you've seen the the rink in Rochester now. It's kind of no. done. It's got a whole new makeover. And uh, anyway, like one when, when my first two or three years there, they were rebuilding it. Okay, they were just putting like a like a fifty million dollar uh, uh, revamp into it. Okay, so we had to start every year like the first six weeks on the road. Oh, okay, so that was that was my rookie year in pro in okay. Rochester American League, and we started our first like eight games were out in um, Eastern Canada. Okay. So it was PEI. It was, it was uh, Cape Breton was there at the time. Mm -hmm. St. John's both St. Like St. John, St. John. So, yeah, so it was started there. And um, so the funny thing about this game where I fought LaCroix was that Rob Stauber, our goalie scored a goal. Oh yeah. Yeah. He actually, you know, like, you know how the heck stall, like, like, got the puck on a dump in and Mm -hmm. shot it down like shot like empty net shot it down the ice into the empty net so yeah i remember that because he scored a goal it was only like the third goalie he's ever done it or something like that at the time so yeah robbie Stauber scored a goal but yeah i remember fighting danny LaCroix that game in the second period i remember um i don't know if you remember bob westerby oh yeah um, Mm -hmm. yep yeah westy was uh he was our left winger big Big left winger out of Kamloops And uh, he, we, we were Squaring up and all I could hear I don't know if it was Wesley or maybe it was Scotty Nickel anyway, all I could hear was He's a lefty, he's a lefty So it just kind of You know, like when you get locked in You're just locked in, it doesn't even matter Like it wouldn't even, I don't know Like you just, you, you figure it out pretty yeah. quick If you oh, start yeah. eating If you start eating lefts mm-hmm. So, but he just, somebody on the Bench was screaming that so it kind of I don't know. It just took me aback, and he, <laughs> I ate up a lap right <laughs> off the bat. So I was like, "Thanks a lot, guys." I would like. I think I would have been all right if I didn't even know that, but <laughs> it was fine. We had a good little tilt, just trading left and right, so it was all right.
0: And and just remember, um, you were there when Rob Stauber scored. You mentioned Ron Hextall, but never forget the first goalie credited with a goal. Yeah, that is would... Billy Smith.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah was it so, Billy Smith? Yeah, okay. don't ever
0: forget that, rooms. Okay, so I on the <laughs> no, show. I'm man. always going to bring that up. Just don't ever yeah. forget that Billy scored the yeah. first goal for a goalie. For sure, right?
1: that's awesome. Man. Yeah, I uh, didn't even know.
0: There you go. Another guy from Syracuse. Again, more of a power forward type. So I'm wondering if you guys battled yeah.
1: uh, Dave Skatchard. Uh Yeah, no, it was um, and like he was there. I think he was there the Duke years. For me, yeah. so mm-hmm. I remember him for sure. He yeah. was there, um, it, but no, we never, we never ever dropped the gloves. I think he would have, he would have fought, you know, somebody no on ways. our on our Rochester <laughs> team. Because, like I said, you know, the the rivalry was it was intense. It was mm. crazy, and we played each other like sixteen times a year. I don't know yeah. why, like we had to go down there and play them so much. It's crazy, but. You just get sick of these guys. You put you see him so much. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we he would he would have been he would have been mixing it up with somebody. That's for sure.
0: Now, uh, two defensemen that I don't think he fought, but you, I ninety nine percent positive you played against. And I'm asking you because, to me, they're kind of <laughs> legends. Uh, first guy who you might have played against when he was with Portland, and that's Brendan Witt.
1: Brennan Witt. Yeah. Um, nope. yeah, I don't think he wasn't in the minors too long, was he? No, no. Because I but, can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I don't he was remember him being in the minor. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I don't think go he ahead, was I'm there sorry. too long. Because I don't, I don't, re- I, I remember him in in the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he was in Washington when I was yeah. in mm-hmm. New York. So he had moved on from the island already. Mm-hmm. I think. So no, the island was last. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was it that mm-hmm. he went that way? Okay. Yeah. He was drafted. Oh by yeah. Washington. Washington was why he would have been in Portland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah.
0: Uh, uh, second guy, I'm sure you heard of him, Zaiden Chara. Did you play against him? <laughs> when he was with Kentucky.
1: No. Yeah. So I got a great Chara story, and I tell the I tell some guys this all the time. Mm-hmm. It was his first year, and um, you know you look at the. Uh, you look at the pregame press notes and you know you see this guy who who do they got you know who do they got let's see their stats let's see their pams where they're you know so we're checking this guy out i remember it was me wally um would have been somebody else
0: probably vandermeer we're
1: just we're, yeah maybe it was vandermeer yeah. we're just trying to scout out who are we gonna go here you know it's one of those friday night games and in, in uh where was it lexington i think yeah. they had they had just brought the team in. so it was crazy fans everywhere and it's great like I used to love it back then, just going into the rink and and beating up one of their guys, like right in the Friday night, just yeah. like okay, like just <laughs> shut up, yeah. you know. So we're looking at the stats and we're checking it out, and we see this Chara guy, and we're like, Czech Republic or whatever, uh, Slovakia, you know. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, like he's big, and we saw he played in the Western League, but we're yeah. like, no, like we're so we're like we're gonna give this guy out. This, this guy's having a hard night. So right, like right off the bat. And we, we've already talked about D on D. Like you just never mm-hmm. saw. I was going out of my way to chase him around to fight him. <laughs> just, I wanted a piece of him. I saw how big he was. I'm like, okay, let's, so nothing. He's not giving me anything. It's his first year. I You know, I think he's just a little gun shy. Yeah. And then finally he just snaps. And some, one of our guys, one of our guys is seeing us egging him on and you know, and, you know, he's not dropping the mitts. So, so they get a little bit of courage. So they start cross-checking him and whatever. Mm-hmm. So he says, okay, he drops the gloves and he throws a bomb that came from like, like Syracuse. Like it was like the guy, the guy's reach was so like, just knocked the guy out, like knocked him out. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was a close game or something so i can't remember what happened we we, we ended up not fighting mm-hmm. but he knocked our guy out and i was like wow maybe i dodged a bullet there He <laughs> just started laughing me and wally were like oh my god mm. like what is that so now and you know obviously he's gone on to to a hall of fame career and one of the toughest guys you'll ever you'll ever see on the ice just to, yeah. just because it was pure size and and now he's you know, he's more willing now than he was back then. But yeah, it was uh it was uh, one of those where I was like, Huh, maybe uh maybe it would have been a good idea to sit this one out, you know. <laughs> I, I
0: love the Dodger bullet line, that's classic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. one guy you played with in Buffalo, uh I think you played with him. I don't know how long I don't know how many games you got while he was there, but do you remember playing with Paul Cruz?
1: Yeah, Cruiser. Yeah, for sure. He was, uh, he was great. Obviously the Islander links there Mm -hmm. as well, but, uh, he got sent down too. He was, he was a guy that he was great because he, um, he was kind of, he would get sent down a lot of conditioning stints. Mm -hmm. And then the one year I kind of, you know, I kind of, I kind of cracked the lineup. I kind of made it out of training camp and, uh, and cruiser like had me over for dinner all the Mm -hmm. time and just showing me the ropes and. You know, I was living in the hotel. They didn't tell me to get a place or anything. So, so he had me over for dinner. Like, just it was just the way he just, you know, class guy took mm-hmm. care of me, and I'll never for, forget that. You know, just kind of, you know, you pass it down to the to the the next generation or the the younger guys. You know, you show them show them a little love, show them show them the ropes, and and uh, and you hope that they do it you know down the line as well so you know something somebody must have done that to him he did it to me i tried to do it to the next guy wherever i was you know it was just um i remember that a lot it was just great having that kind of you know friendship with him
0: yeah he's a great guy so i'm not surprised oh yeah
1: yeah no it was great
0: another great guy who you probably will agree with me, but I bet you didn't think so on this night. And this is the dark ages of the room's career in my eyes, when he skated for the red, white and blue of the Rangers. I try to block this out as best I can, but you fought a guy at Madison square garden who you probably don't even realize has Islander ties spending a training camp with them. He was with Anaheim at the time, and that's big Jim McKenzie, Jim
1: McKenzie. No, I didn't know. I yep. didn't know his Islander ties, but yep. yeah, no, I was just, I was just talking about this one as well because mm-hmm. it was in the garden, mm-hmm. and um, the, the the sequence. I remember everything about the sequence and how it started, and then I blacked out because the guy hit me so hard. <laughs> so, so uh, Haller, well, I think it was here Haller. I am laughing
0: at you. You're saying this yeah. guy hit you so hard, and I'm laughing. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, no, it's <laughs> fine. It, it was great. I laugh at it. Yeah. Um, so I think Haller. Remember, he had hit Gretzky yes. in like the in the uh, in the summer tournament there, the Canada Cup or he, whatever they were he calling. Always it. went at Gretzky, no matter always what team they were on. He always went at Gretzky, so, so he did the same thing in this yeah. game. So he goes after him, and it wasn't as bad as the one in the summer there, a bit from behind. But mm. he went after him, so everybody jumps in, like which you know you're gonna do. That's gonna happen. But they had they had Mackenzie um, on the ice and. Uh, and um oh the other huge guy what was his name Grimms. um i'm um, sorry was grimson there at the time yeah okay. Stewie grimson okay. so i poison. just like i'm just i'm just beelining you know like i don't yeah. care it's gonna be somebody so mm-hmm. i just it in there grab holler my gloves are off and then i get i get a, a ring around the neck and it's and it would it happened to be mckenzie mm-hmm. so we start going and i got to jump on like when i went to throw my first punch my 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 sleeve came right out of my jersey Mm -hmm. you know like my arm came right out of my sleeve Mm -hmm. so i just like boom boom just got him like i'm like yes i got him like i got him (laughs) and then he just he just went down took like a two second break and hit me with a left Mm -hmm. and it hit me right on the temple i didn't i didn't go down yeah but i don't remember any any like I remember we were sitting in the penalty box and uh, Gretz is like going, great job, great job. And I'm like, and I kind of like shook my head and I was like, oh my God, I'm in the penalty box. Like, I don't (laughs) even remember. I don't remember like how I got here. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't remember the skate to the penalty box. I don't remember. Like, I remember punching him twice and then I, you know, I could feel a punch coming, you know, as you do. Yeah. And then it was like, out oh, just just <laughs> like one of those where it's like oh my god i went back and looked i'm like oh my god this guy hits like a mack truck man it was crazy did you ask so, Gretzky yeah. if you won did you say did i win no well yeah i i remember the the gretz was saying listen to the crowd man yeah. they're they're loving you man they're that he was saying something like that and i'm like I, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if I did good because I don't even remember the fight now. <laughs> so, like, I didn't want to say anything. I don't know if they even, he would have said, uh, "This guy needs to go to see a medical guy," because I don't even, re- I didn't even remember. But it was great; the crowd was going nuts. So it was. Uh, they were just announcing my penalty as I as I came to, kind of, <laughs> you know. So it was like, it was like a good couple minutes there where I just, whatever, oh, happens. Man.
0: Well, you're in good company because he's, uh, he's done that to a lot of guys. So. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: no, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure.
0: Uh, so we're going to move on now to the IHL. See, we're, we're moving along here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I, I got five guys here who I don't know if you fought, all with Islander ties. So, uh, again, first guy, actually the first couple of guys are D-men, so maybe not. Uh, Ian Herbers, who would have been with Cleveland at the time.
1: Yeah, no. I, it's funny because I played a, a brief stint in the uh, in the IHL the one year when I I got sent down from Atlanta. I was, you know, I was with Atlanta there when yeah. when they started the new franchise. Mm-hmm. So they their team was in Orlando. Yeah. So I had uh, I had a two week stint in Orlando the one year. So that's the only that's the extent of my IHL. Oh, okay. So I wouldn't even. Herberts, I don't even remember okay. the guy I fought though in in Orlando was La Puma. Was oh, it Chris Lapuma.
0: La Lapuma, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. that guy. This is like we had a good tilt, man, I and mean, he's a D man too. Yeah.
0: All right, so that uh, that eliminates the four of their names. I don't even have to go through them. Well, so. yeah,
1: I mean, you could, you could, we could go through them. I no. just like there was, I didn't play in the IHL. Yeah. So
0: no, I know, I know. Uh, all right, yeah. so we're going to come back to the American League. Uh, we're going to Norfolk now, and one yeah. teammate that I want to ask you about, and I don't think he was there that long, and that's Mark
1: Janssen's. Yeah, no, he wasn't. Um... Where did I play with him though? Norfolk. I played with him somewhere. Was it Norfolk? Yes. God, I don't That's really That's why
0: know I'm that. here, dude. I'm here to help you. <laughs> <laughs> you played I, uh... with him in Norfolk.
1: Oh, I thought that I thought that was in Roch for some reason. No, Because no. I don't know why I was just thinking about him. I, I, I think I had a dream about him like a month ago. Oh, okay. And I said I was like, Oh yeah, no, I did play with him, but I didn't think it was in Norfolk. But yeah, yep. he was just a big he was a strong thing, you know, he was he was uh he was at the tail end there yeah. you know he was on the 18th hole of his career so it was it was just he was flying around still and he was you know using his size and not really like he wasn't in for you know going into philly and yeah and you know like mclaren and mm-hmm. like they had like seven guys yeah. legit like guys and he wasn't he wasn't up for that so it was but it was good good experience mm-hmm. good uh, good knowledge well, that he gave us so it was he, good. He didn't have to. You guys were loaded for bear too,
0: so mm-hmm, he could just go mm-hmm. and play. He could just go oh, yeah, and sure. win face-offs and everything. And just, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, so. yeah,
1: because he was a centerman. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. So yeah. yeah, he was he was taking draws and everything.
0: All right, so I'm gonna throw out some names of uh, some of the tougher guys you may have played against during that time in your career. You ready?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Aaron Asham.
1: Yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't fight him, but mm-hmm. you know we're. Uh, we kind of communicate now and then on Twitter and whatnot, yep. so mm-hmm. I, don't, I never fought him, but uh, I remember, you know, his style and, and you know, what, what, he, what he was all about, so mm-hmm. it was, uh, you know, respect those guys, I really do, I really respect those kind of players.
0: Uh, next few guys, I think all came after you in the OHL, but you may have uh, played against them in the American League, first guy is yep. Brandon Sugden.
1: Yeah, Sugden. I, I remember I remember the name because yeah. he he went through some problems yeah. there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. he's doing better now though. Oh, is he? That's yep. good. That's mm-hmm. good to hear. Yep. You know, I remember the the hearing the stories later on and I didn't play against him. I don't remember yep. playing against him, mm-hmm. you know, kinda at any level. But I remember him going through things and yeah. And the one thing I want to say about that real quickly is that yeah. I understand um guys ha- guys went through a lot of shit you know they got they got messed up and and it was the way the game was played back then and you know like i don't have i just i'm just talking about me personally i don't have any any regrets any remorse i know i knew what i was doing i knew the stakes and uh you know i mean i i I think i'm fine Mm -hmm. you know i um you know i still remember (laughs) most of it yeah you know, I kind of chuckle at it, which, you know, it's not super funny, but, you know, it, I remember things and I I still have a pretty good life. So I just, I just, that's, that's my personal mm-hmm. opinion. I, I, I knew, I knew what the stakes were. I knew what I was getting myself into. I don't think I, I, I was ever told, you know, yeah. you have like, if I had a head injury or which I, you know, I don't remember having too many, but I did have one major concussion and I was never told, you, you know, you need to get back out there. Right. You know, I was, it took me three months and they said, are you a hundred percent? They made sure I was, everything checked out. Everything was, was good again. And, and, and I went back out there, but I was never ever, you know, pressured or forced or whatever. So, you know, just want to throw that yep. out there. I know it's a big topic.
0: I love it. I love it because there's certain guys out there that, uh, you know, and listen, your story fits you. It doesn't mean that your experience is the same as everyone else's, but it seems like a lot of people on the side of, you know, smearing hockey culture want to paint everything with a broad brush. Everything. Exactly. And that's not the case because like you say, you had, you had, uh, you know, your memories and everything I've spoken to, you know, Karen Z a bunch of times and he went through some issues with okay. concussions and he says, oh, he, he goes, yeah. yeah, he did. And, and he had, he went through a hard time, but he said, he goes, oh, it wasn't no. hockey. He goes, I, I knew what I was doing. I made my own decisions. I don't blame mm-hmm. hockey for it. You know, and, and oh, I, see. Okay. I, I, I just, I, I always like to hear that sort of perspective because I don't take anything away from guys who did go through hard times. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and there's a, a certain face of that movement who I really don't talk about. But, uh-huh. uh, you okay. know, if his story is if he had a bad time, which, of course, he never really brought up till he retired and he was till he was his done. Money, yeah. Yeah. Um, then I feel bad for him. Obviously, I, I sympathize with him. But it's always nice to hear yeah. the other side, because if you listen to that side, they all they all want to paint it with one broad stroke. Right. That the culture is toxic and all this other stuff. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad you said that.
1: Yeah, no, and I'm glad you put a point on it there too. Is that 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 is my story? Yeah, you know, I am not, I am not saying this is how it was for everybody. Mm-hmm. You you could have had a different experience, and like you said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for you. I I, I really am. I I, I I don't I don't I don't think it's it's it's. I'm not mad at those guys. Okay, I'm not mad at them. They yeah. they went through stuff and. Some of them have got through some of them you know they're- they're still going through tough times it's just my story is is personal to me, and I just want to make sure that you know people know that it wasn't just uh it wasn't just everything was you know was horrible you know so
0: yeah, and, and also coming from you, I mean, you may have, and it's nothing that you need to get into, but being a black player, I mean, that's also a hot yep. topic now with racism yep, and things like yep. that. And I, I had Graham yeah, Townsend yeah. on the show, and he recounted mm-hmm. some of the racism he did, and I'm sure you, I'm, I would imagine I, for someone that played as long as you did, you experienced some of it. But
1: I, did, I definitely did. Yeah, I'm sure I did
0: but but you 're not painting every every one of your opponents as a racist exactly. and everything and,
1: exactly and,
0: and I like when you know Graham basically said you know he kind of dealt with it on an individual basis, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you deal with them because you have one and, and a lot of times Graham said a lot of the players that would say stupid shit, their own teammates would say, "What are you saying? What mm-hmm. are you doing mm-hmm. so so even for yeah. someone like yourself where you 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 did the role, you fought. Um, yep. you had a nice career but but you also for you where you may have experienced a lot of other things that most players never had and
1: they didn't uh, have to yep right
0: so to hear that and to hear your attitude towards it, it's really refreshing because I always appreciate I'm old school, I kind of like things yeah yep. I like handling things like a man, you handle sure. it like men and then it's sure. over and
1: yep. you sure. know
0: so that it's to me it's sort of refreshing to hear hear your attitude about that.
1: Sure thing, you know, and that that's just the honest truth you know yeah. i don't um'm not here to 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 you know nullify or any anyone else anyone else's experience I don't mm-hmm. want to take away from their experience or or say that's not how it was mm-hmm. it 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 may have been you know i had I, there was racial issues that I had to deal with it was it was two or three, I mm-hmm. guarantee it was two or three in my whole career, mm-hmm. so that's not. You know, when I played, I played fifteen years of pro hockey. Yeah, it, you know, so that's that's, you know, that's nothing. You deal with it, like you said. I deal with, the, I dealt with those things, mm-hmm. like personally. Yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't go to newspapers and 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 call it out. I just dealt with it. You know, right. so mm-hmm. hey, some some people do different things. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So moving on to your time with the Columbus Cottonmouths, you had a yeah. teammate. And I know a lot of times you're one of the bigger guys on your team. But sure. this guy dwarfed you as he dwarfs many people <laughs> and you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. Tell I me know. what it was like playing with the Hurricane Mitch Fritz.
1: Fritzy. No, he was um he was great. He was raw when I played with him, you know. He, he had just come out of junior. I think the year before, so it was it was his second year pro. Mm-hmm. And everything was raw, his skating, even his fighting ability. Everything was a bit raw, but you know he was a great kid, and uh those are the kind of qualities that you you look for. I kind of look for and and say, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna stick around. You know, he's gonna he's gonna make it, or he's gonna go as far as you know he wants. You know, because you see those guys and you you see how they act in the dressing room, not playing a lot, not sulking, you know, just getting into work, knowing that you know knowing that the work is going to pay off down the line. So I saw a lot of that in Fritzy, And uh, just a great guy, like I said, tough as nails. You've you got to be tough when you're that big because, you, know, you know, guys are coming after you. So he held his own. You know, like I said, he was a little raw at the time, but he went on to, you know, really great things. I was really uh, proud of him. And you guys had the right coach too, which we'll talk about
0: him uh, coming up in sure. a little bit. But uh, uh, Danbury, that team – Uh, I mean, anyone that listens to this show and anyone that is a hockey fight fan um, knows about the Danbury Trashers. Now, myself, I am a proud uh, Italian-American, so to me, you know, with the, um, the owners... The ownership there, you know, Italian American. It's a Galante, success story, yeah. yeah the Galantes. Yeah. Uh, AJ is now uh, a boxing trainer, MMA yeah. trainer, I think, in uh, Connecticut. Yeah. Um, boxing
1: trainer, promoter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How, well, how, just uh, even though it has nothing to do with the Islanders, I have to ask you, how did you end <laughs> up with Danbury first and foremost?
1: Uh, I mean, so Danbury is one of those, um, you know, it was it was one of those great couple of years where. You know, uh, Mr. Galante just kind of he 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 wanted something to do. He wanted a project, and he wanted AJ to run it. He wanted AJ, he wanted to give AJ some, you know, some I guess some uh, business training or 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 planning and you know how to how to run a team. It was you know like on the outside I could see how it looked a little crazy, mm. you know, like he I think AJ was. God, I think he was he was 18 at the time. I think I want yeah. to say maybe even younger than that. You know, you don't have an 18 year old as your GM of a <laughs> hockey club. Like you, I think they were look like the first like the, the the first 10 guys they looked, they said, who's the top scorers in this league? This league, we pick them up. Then it was who's got the most penalty minutes that we can get. So it was, it was, you know, this guy that like so. And and you know what? It's, it was crazy how it was put together. It was crazy how kinda it all fell apart. Um, I don't know if you know this, but uh I've been interviewed by uh, Netflix and um and uh all you know, other sorts of um T V companies. There's a big documentary that's supposed to come out. It was supposed to be out already, but mm-hmm. Covid Covid okay. happened. Yeah, so, I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, there's a big there's a big doc in the works on that. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it was one of those crazy moments in life where you just get an opportunity and uh, a lot of just a lot of crazy shit, man. But it was great. Mm -hmm. You know, they took care of the guys, what he did for the community. I know uh, I I know he he was in a lot of trouble and Mm -hmm. he spent time in jail. I don't think he's still in jail. Is he or is he? No, I think he's out. I think he's out now. Yeah. But, you know, like, listen. I know I know obviously there there were, there were there were things going on that we didn't see we didn't mm-hmm. we didn't see all the all the criminal stuff mm-hmm. or whatever that happened that got him sent away but the way he, he took care of us the way he you know he, he lifted up the community we had we had full houses we had a rink that could only that only sat you know 400 people built into this great little minor league rink that could seat 5000 you know, it was just uh, it was a great it was a great time in my life, and um, you know I just got to thank the Galantes for it. And guys, guys who played tough wanted to go there. Like this was a
0: this was a destination. Like you would think Connecticut. You know, it's not like yeah. some of the other leagues where you could play in Florida or other warm yeah. weather places. Yeah, yeah. This is Danbury, sure. Connecticut. But and I know a bunch of guys who played there, and they loved it. And like you said, because the way the Galantes treated you guys like royalty. So yeah. um, I know that everybody loved playing there, and I can't wait for that documentary to come out. Yeah,
1: no, it's going to be special. And, and and you know what? We, we set kind of uh, records that most people aren't going to, you <laughs> know. It was, the, it was the most penalty minutes ever or whatever, or whatever it mm-hmm. was. But listen, we we had a great time. I know I know. You, you're saying guys wanted to play there. They wanted to play there because they didn't want to play against us. <laughs> I wouldn't want to play against that goddamn team. Yeah. We had Frankie the Animal by Lois. We had Johnny Marasti, Brad, you know, winger. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. We'd go on to rinks and, you know, like the Danbury flu was a real thing.
0: <laughs> we, we went, uh, I went to, I think, two games. One of the games was, I think, against Flint. And uh-huh. I think the only guy that had any sort of toughness on his record, I think, was Cam White. And, yeah. go, and this guy is – and he's a big dude, but he's not yeah. – you know, he's over yeah. his head.
1: I so, remember him. Yeah, yeah. so I'm yeah. like,
0: oh, my God. I, like my heart went out to him that night because I'm like, this, this you got like a, a rogues gallery of guys here. How do you? I, I almost it's like a double edged sword. Do you scratch the guy because you know he's fighting three times? Yeah, um, you know.
1: But you know. I mean, honestly, like it was it was crazy. I, the next year I went to Kalamazoo, mm-hmm. and um, and they weren't as bad. But right. I was just thinking to myself, like, what would it have been like to come in there the year before and just seeing the these mutants <laughs> skipping around and staring at you in warm-up and shooting pucks. Frankie Frankie the animal is doing push ups at oh. center ice. Like right at center ice is doing push ups in warm-up. It's just
0: I, I it mean crazy. I think if I were you I would have been there and just I, I don't know if I would have warmed up. I would have just stood there and watched my team going, Holy shit You know? <laughs> yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah, no, that's
1: all it was. It was unreal.
0: Uh, a couple of guys you played with there actually three. Um, and I don't think I don't know how long they were there for. Uh, two guys with yeah. ties to uh, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Uh, Nick Bellotto. Do
1: you remember playing with Nick? Yeah, Nicky e. B. Um, mm-hmm. For sure. He was um, he was one of our kind of skilled uh, power play guys on you know on the on the back end on defense. So he was you know he was a good player. I, yeah. I really thought he's a nice uh, he's a nice solid player. He um, he had some grit to him. He had some skill to him. Good size, you know. Love to love the hip check, love mm-hmm. the body check. So, yeah, I really uh, really appreciated his game back then. Really good guy off the ice, and uh, he's uh he's a uh, French Canadian. Yeah. So uh, I know, like I I grew up in kind of northern Ontario, mm-hmm. so I know like uh, pretty bilingual oh, okay. as well. So I got along with um, I got along with Nicky pretty good. Uh,
0: another French Canadian, uh,
1: Mario LaRock. Yeah, the Rock. Um, he was he was another one like I think they were partners Mario and oh, okay he, so uh he was you know it was funny we used to bug we used to bug him because he'd get 200 telling minutes a year whatever it was and he'd get like two fights <laughs> he'd get he'd get 80 like two minute minors like a year like I'm talking like eight zero he'd get but no, he was. Uh, I mean, he was a former first round pick. He was a good yeah. player. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't work out for him. Obviously, I think it was Tampa Bay. Yeah, um, didn't work out for him there. Higher level, I guess, than that. But you know what? For that level, solid player, good guy. Just you know, good, good, strong kind of uh, lower minor league player for mm-hmm. sure. And uh, the
0: third guy, a guy who probably dodged a bullet by not signing with the Islanders during the Mike Milbury era. Uh, who went on to have a really nice NHL career is Mike Rupp.
1: Yeah, Ruppy. So that was the year. Um, that was the year the uh, the lockout. Mm-hmm. I think it, so. It would have been. uh what, is it the oh four oh five year? I believe so. Yeah. What, I can't remember what year exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so we got we got uh, the, obviously the lockout happened. Guys weren't coming, weren't getting paid, so they were calling around to to look for a paycheck and 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 uh ruby came in on some like astronomical numbers i think <laughs> for that league yeah. and um and we had um um pd what was um what was his name steven p oh, okay he yeah. came mm-hmm. in as well mm-hmm. and uh, i know he's gone through some problems now but yeah. um uh he was in there pd was in there and uh, we had ruffy in there and just to add to the Crazy mutants that we already had. It was uh, it was crazy. It was fun. Uh, all right, so we're done with the players.
0: I have three coaches to ask you about, and then uh, and yeah. then we'll wrap this up. Yeah. Um, your head coach in Buffalo was also head coach here for a little bit, uh, and I know that um, you know. I, I know most of the tougher players in Buffalo enjoyed playing for Ted Nolan. Uh, yeah. Did you like playing for
1: Teddy? Yeah, I did. I really did. You know, I uh, when I was drafted. Uh, he was the coach and then by the time I think I played when I played my first NHL game there Mm -hmm. um, he was the coach so I I went I went through about I would say you know two or two or three training camps Mm -hmm. and then he was gone you know he had some good years and Mm -hmm. then he was gone but the the thing I remembered about Teddy was um, how how motivational he was Mm -hmm. you know he would he didn't he didn't draw up the the he was the first coach I remember that didn't in practice he didn't drop the drills like it was donnie lever or whoever the assistants were at the time so they would drop the practice drills and you know but then he'd pull you aside and say listen you're not you know you know that's not what we're looking for so he was one of the he was one of the first coaches that i ever saw that kind of you know he's the head he oversees everything you know yeah. he 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 delegates whatever he needs to do to 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 the assistants and then he's just overseeing it all so that's how I kind of like to approach everything now when I coach but yeah he's um he was great he was just motivational it was just inspiring you know to uh to see him coach and uh you know doing having uh, great success as well
0: it almost sounds like he runs his team like an NFL coach where yeah and
1: that's a yeah go ahead yeah, no, I was just gonna say, um, that's the that's that was one of the first times I had ever seen that. And obviously, see I was just coming out of junior, so you know, maybe in junior the your the head coach is obviously gonna be a bit more hands on. I bet you it's not like that, you know. It's more like that in even in junior now, you know, you delegate, you you guys do this, I'll I'll watch over this and I'll I'll will i I'll just survey the whole thing and then, you know, before the game Give them them a big speech and send them out on their way. But, yeah, definitely the NFL uh, parallel is there.
0: Now, in my life, there have been two people that have almost crushed my hand when I shook their hand. One, (laughs) we've already spoken about Eric Cairns. The other guy was your coach in Atlanta, Kurt Fraser. That guy was tough as nails as a player. Yeah. And when I shook his hand, I I had to make sure it was still there. He didn't even put an <laughs> effort in, but what a grip. Uh what was the late yeah. playing for uh, Kurt
1: Fraser? Yeah, Fraser. He was great, you know. Oh, he was uh I I um I'm just gonna be totally honest. I didn't um I didn't know him. I didn't I didn't connect mm. that that he was a player. Yeah. So when he was you know, he was the coach and, and I and I ended up I didn't get to Atlanta till I think it was October of that year. I was mm-hmm. kind of a waiver pickup. So I wasn't in the initial uh expansion draft. Mm-hmm. And uh but when I got there I kinda did I did my research because our practices were they were great. Yeah. We would practice and then and then it was like, okay, it's going off the rails a bit, which it did a lot in Atlanta, mm-hmm. let's yeah. be honest. Mm-hmm. So he would stop it and just like mm-hmm tear into us like just you know and and listen he 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 was coaching in the nhl he wanted the best but it was it wasn't like he he wanted us to be like like vegas is doing now Mm -hmm. with their expansion team and it just wasn't gonna happen so he just he just wanted us to he wanted so much more from us and 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 he tried to get the most out of us it just you know, we were just a bunch of misfits put together, and it just, it just didn't work out. I felt so bad for him because he he worked his ass off every day, and um, you know, it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't work out. You know, that's the, that was the nature of expansion back then. It just you you were you were fighting a loser's race. Right.
0: It seems like a lot of times with the expansion teams. The first coach is almost there to sort of set a foundation. And yeah. then by the time that's set, he's gone. He's, and he's gone. He's building it for the next coach.
1: Sure. Yeah. That was, and that, I mean, it just, I don't know what it was in Atlanta after the first couple of years there. It just seemed to, it just seemed to go stale, you know, and that, obviously that's why they're gone. But, yeah. you know, that first couple of years there, I know, I know Kurt was, he was, he was putting in the time. There was no, you know, he wasn't he wasn't missing a trick. He was doing everything he could. It was just you know, it was just you could you're working with so much less than what Vegas got and what Seattle's gonna get. So uh,
0: last coach and it's a guy who's a former guest and a guy you played against, I believe, back in your Rochester days and then he was your coach in Columbus and that's the Colonel, Brian Curran. Uh, what was it like playing for the Colonel?
1: The Colonel. No, it was great. You know what? He was um he was a really old school kind of coach and uh, and that's listen I I love when a coach is direct you know he's not like he's not this is what this is what I say but this is what I do. like you know I'll do I, I do other things I, I if you if you're all over the place you just I don't know you you just you lose my kind of respect or attention or. However you want to phrase it, it just it just doesn't it just doesn't click with me, but you know what the colonel was direct he's yeah. just he we had we would have two and a half hour practices, and it wasn't like it was a bag skate you know yeah. we weren't we weren't we weren't skating up and down the ice, but he oh, he like he wanted to get the breakout out of our zone down pad he wanted it to and that's i think that's a lot like the NHL or sorry the n f l as well mm-hmm. where everything everybody knows. Where you're supposed to be at every moment, and and it's a little different with hockey because you know the nature of the game, the puck is bouncing, and and once it gets live, you just never things never just seem to play out like exactly how you want them. But he would he would he would we would we would do a breakout for forty five minutes, like just break it out of the zone. You you're you're here you're here you're here you're here. Then if this happens and this then we'll do another we do it again for you know, 10 minutes, the, the, the alternate breakout, if the, if the guy shoots down the middle or, or whatever. So it was, those were, <laughs> those were crazy days. And, endless. and listen, we were in uh, East coast league, you know, we practice at, we practice at, I think it was nine 45. You're done at whatever, 11, th- 1130, 11, you know, quarter to 12. And then you just, what you got the rest of the day. So Man. it's not that bad. I don't, I don't, you know, it wasn't, crazy but yeah he was really he was really into details and you wouldn't think that just from the way he played you know all these rough and tumble and and um abrasive kind of player in his day but yeah he was really uh he's really into little details like that
0: now before we started recording we were talking about something that i i didn't i forgot and then i remembered um It has nothing to do with hockey. Tell me, I know how passionate you are about soccer. So tell me where that started, because you're a massive (laughs) soccer fan.
1: Yeah, no, it was huge. I'm huge, and I. It's so funny because I guess my parents. You know, I, I I was born in Nigeria, so I came to Canada when I was, you know, a year old. So i just i just think it was from you know kind of their their background soccer is really big in nigeria Mm -hmm. and and honestly growing up like i think i think they say soccer is one of the biggest youth sports in the world i mean it it, it definitely is you know Mm -hmm. you 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 see all the little soccer leagues with the kids Every, every kid's playing soccer when they're five six seven so i played soccer um obviously hockey was my love and uh I pursued that, but I loved soccer. I loved, I loved, um, you know, getting older and following teams. I, I gravitated towards Arsenal, mm-hmm. uh, the club in uh, England. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I just thought it's just always been with me, you know. Major tournaments and the Euro, uh, the European Championships are going on right now. Yes, but but obviously uh, the World Cups are huge. So you you know I get to watch Nigeria and most of those. Canada hasn't made it. In, into one of those in a while but mm-hmm. yeah just uh just the game i just loved the game from an early age and i stuck with it how good were you i thought i was pretty good yeah you know i i tell my kids i, I could have played pro hockey in any any or er, pro <laughs> in any sport that i decided to i was i just say that to them just to fire them up but i um i thought i was pretty good yeah i played baseball growing up i was pretty good in that so just everything
0: uh, so uh, you just brought up your kids. I see that sometimes on social media you're posted about your kids. It seems like they are doing uh so well a- academically, athletically. Uh yeah. tell me a little I think your son is is he starting college or did he start last year?
1: Yeah, so my son's at, in his freshman year at Brown University and uh my daughter is in her she just finished her sophomore year at Cushing Academy. It's a a boarding school in um in Massachusetts. So okay you know just very proud of them uh you know they've uh they've accomplished a lot i think in their in their young lives and there's so much more to go but mm-hmm. but they've um they have a good great foundation a good base very very humble but very competitive i think uh they get it from both sides the, you know of their of their parents mm-hmm. so um yeah you know i just i can't say enough i get really emotional speaking yeah. about them cuz they're i'm yeah. so, so so proud and the things they've uh, they've done so far in their lives
0: no that's great I, I asked you that because I knew that's how you would get because I, I I'm the same way about my kids so I was like sure the, yeah you know good dad stories and uh, so tell me what what are you up to nowadays
1: not too much you know I uh, I I actually was coaching um, u18 um, a hockey club around here it's a triple-a uh, team you know minor hockey before that I, I was coaching junior b which is uh, i guess i don't know what the equivalent would be in the states um it's hard to it's hard to compare it's it's junior a but it's not the ohl Mm -hmm. essentially you know it's the it's the tier right below that right right so yeah i've been i've been really just kind of concentrating on that taking um canada does a great job with uh coaching courses and uh i've been doing a lot of coaching um clinics and 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 courses to get certain badges to progress you know just mm-hmm. to just to stay in the game i wish i'd done this earlier uh i i didn't which I, I i regret but you know just trying to stay with it stay involved in the game as much as i can and uh you know see where that leads me
0: what what is the end goal are you looking to coach in the OHL or maybe higher than that
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Even higher than that. You know, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's definitely the goal. And, uh, it, 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 started late cause I, I tried to get into policing when mm-hmm. I was done. Yeah. And, and when, when you're, when your heart's not into it, yeah, then, you know, things, things generally don't work out for you. And, uh, I think, I think I should have just stuck with hockey. There was a lot of other things going on at the time. So I don't want to get into that yeah but mm-hmm. it was just it was just you know i sh- i i didn't i i left the game i'd say for about four or five years mm-hmm. and then uh i i came back in kind of 2015 in that time frame and you know i'm just i'm racing like hell to just like <laughs> you know get all the knowledge the game's so different now than than when i played and when you were when i was seeing you all mm-hmm. the time at the rink so yeah. you know there's so much to learn so much to to take in so that's tr- what I'm trying to do. All right. Well,
0: I'm gonna sign off, but don't hang up when I sign off. Okay. Oh, Okay. All right. Just for uh, just for another minute, but don't don't hang up when I say goodbye. So. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. Well, that is that is great to hear. You know, you're one of my favorite people. I wish you nothing but the best. I can't wait to see you behind a bench somewhere. I know when you put your mind to something you go and you get it it's going to be awesome and uh you know you deserve everything that you get i know you're a great dad a great family man uh you're a really good friend to me i miss seeing you and uh yeah. going going down this road was was great and i really appreciate the time
1: uh you know what joe i just want to say thank you you know from the bottom of my heart i love uh i love seeing you at the rink back in the day i uh i can't wait to see you again and uh, thanks for this. thanks for bringing you know bringing these good memories and vibes back. I loved uh, I loved every moment of this kind of recording and uh, and reminiscing you know down memory lane so uh, thank you a lot for this uh,
0: it, it, <clears throat> excuse me, it's my pleasure man. it's my pleasure so just best of luck and uh, we'll keep in touch, okay Awesome thanks, Joe. All right talk to you later. I fucking love that dude, man. I really do. Rooms is such such a great fucking guy. Uh Rooms, if you've uh, listened this far, thanks again, dude, for doing this. Uh what a what a great time it was chatting with you and uh oh man, good stories, good stuff. I love it, dude. Thank you so much. So as far as this program goes going forward, uh I am cautiously amped about the next three episodes or so uh, this week I guess flowing into next week I should have an interview with a player with ties to the Sound Tigers uh, spent a training camp with the Islanders uh, as far as the Talking Isles Enforcers with I have a, a, I think a pretty big name lined up and actually a former teammate of uh, Roman Endors uh who I think is going to be phenomenal and, uh, of course, unfortunately the Islander season is over and I did promise you my ultimate unquestioned, uh, blah, 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 what, use all the adjectives you want. My ultimate Isles top 10 enforcers of all time. So I will begin working on that too. So should everything go the way I hope, uh, I think, uh, the next few weeks will be pretty good for this program. So, uh, you know, like I always say, um. I don't like to let the cat out of the bag. So I'm only letting them peek out of the bag a little bit. I don't want to get my hopes up, but uh, I feel pretty confident uh, in the next couple of weeks here. So stay tuned and uh, everybody have a great week and stay safe.